0: wildcats podcast i'm mike luke joined by the great william brad alice hello william how you doing
1: doing well michael
0: all right how's the summer treating you so far i know the kids are out of
1: school how's this uh, how are these weeks going uh not too bad they actually started a middle school transition program basically they go to the junior high and uh take a few elective type classes and get used to the campus so they're doing that now um Start of summer also means the start of all-star baseball preparation. So we're at five days a week with practice, and uh, we'll start up volleyball here next week or so. So, busy. All right, well, speaking of something that looks like it's about settled,
0: Arizona's basketball roster is pretty much settled. Uh, Paulius Marouskas will be the last one, or Marouskas. We will. Uh, we'll get to that there in just a minute, Brad. But overall. Um, considering what Tommy Lloyd was dealing with, considering the, the crushing Ryan Nemhard decision, I got to give it, I got to say that he aced this off season. He went, he lost Ryan Nemhard, but you know what? He went and he got Caleb Love, Jaden Bradley and Keshad Johnson. I say good on Tommy Lloyd.
1: Yeah. I think when you look at it, assuming you couldn't get Jaden Bradley and Caleb Love, if you got nut I think it's a net gain. Um, right. is Nemhard? a surer thing than both of those guys. Yes, he is. We're not going to cool. deny that. But I think in a weird way, one, Nimhard is less of a threat to Boswell mentally. You know, and he's a young guy. Two, you get you Bradley. No, no. I mean, Boswell, damn, damn Bradley. Nimhard, I think was, a. I think if you're Kylan, Kylan Boswell, you could see like, why are they bringing in this guy? Right. Um, okay. I got you. I got you. I thought I earned this job. Mm-hmm. Um, what do I think he would have been scared? No, but I think when you bring in a, although they're both point guards, I think, you know, in an odd way, Jaden Bradley is more of a complimentary point guard. Um, then when you bring in Caleb Love, who's a pure score right. in, in many ways, you're, you're, you're telling Boswell, yeah, we have complete confidence in you running this offense or being our number two or three score. Whereas I think if you bring in Nimhard, what you are doing is you, it could be perceived as a bit of a threat not saying Boswell is going to take it that way, but, um, you know, you can see it that way. Plus, now you get maybe two years of Caleb Love, certainly one. You get two, three years maybe of Jaden Bradley. You know, in most scenarios, Nimhard looked like he's probably trying to jump next year. So, again, net gain. Would, would Nimhard help you? Absolutely. I'm not going to pretend like, oh, they dodged the bullet on that one. but <laughs> Yeah, man, we didn't want that guy. But – it it, it it certainly could have been a lot worse and in this case it may wind up it may not and when we'll never know being a better I guess if Nemhard beats Arizona in the, in the sweet 16 or elite 8 then you know it didn't work but right. other than that you know you look at it and I, again I think it's a net positive.
0: All right, now let's 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 talk about this backcourt a little bit here, and then we're going to get to uh, we are got a lot of stuff to get to. We're going to talk maybe a Gardner Arena's backcourt 2.0, some Elijah rushing where Arizona falls and all this. But uh, we talked about I talked about this uh, uh, previously um, uh, throughout the week. Honestly, Brad, I needed two things this off season. I needed, um, I needed ball handling, and I needed toughness. And Arizona got both of those right there. And again, that that to me is really where we were going to find out what Tommy Lloyd was made of, and he did exactly that.
1: Yeah, I mean, the roster construction, with the exception of that pure, athletic, tall, long wing.
0: Your Richard um, Jefferson type is Finn not on Matherin the roster.
1: Type. That's right. the only thing this roster is lacking. You've got... Skilled big men. You've got bruising big men. You've got shooters. You've got slashers. You've got dogs. Uh, to quote Mike Luke on uh, Twitter today, you've got two guys who played in the national. The great Rich Carrillo. You know, um, yeah, I like Rich a lot. Um, you got two guys who played in the national title game. You've got guys with international experience. You've got five star guys who are on a redemption tour. Um, <laughs> so you got a little bit of everything. You know, again, maybe the only thing. In fact, if Krivas is anywhere what he appears on YouTube, you've got the lanky shot blocker to go along with Balo's bruisers, to go along with the undersized uh, yet tenacious Johnson. So again, you have everything but that long, super athletic wing. Now, uh, you know, the the kid who I guess we're going to assume is on the roster might be able to fill some of that role. He's not the pure athlete that a Matherin or Jefferson is, but he's, Could be a 6'8", small forward, um, who can give you some length on the perimeter. Or, you know, he goes to the 4, and you move Johnson out. Because athletically, Johnson, I think, can play the 3. He just isn't that shooter slasher that you want at that position. But...
0: I'm, I'm with you, Brad. I'm I'm with you on this. Let's talk about uh, Mirauskas here. Um, Again, I've watched a little bit of his film and whatever I've watched, everybody else out there has watched. It's not like the uh, staff is feeding me film or something. But I'm kind of with you. I'm kind of with you a little bit, though, that um, yes, he looks, he looks good. But I'm also going to take it a little bit with a grain of salt being that you already got your six rotation. You got six rotation guys who we'll get to here in a second, obviously. But um, I don't know quite what to expect here uh, with him. Again, the film looks look solid, but it's not like it's, it blows you away, though, either.
1: That's where I'm at. In fact, to me, and again, reviewing guys on film with that limited is, is really tough. Um, right. You know, I, I liked back in the day when I used to be able to get out there, and that's why I can take a lot of pride that I've only been wrong maybe twice. Right. Um, but I was very wrong on those occasions. But the point is, he's not does not appear wildly athletic on film. He's got a good outside shot, but it does appear to have a little hitch in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Krivos looks like the sh- sure thing. Now, I will say this. I think Krivos has a higher floor and a lower ceiling. Right. Um, you know, I think, are we calling it Maruscus? Um, Is a guy I think, again, if he... We can call him Paul player, B.M., Polly M we got Philly um, B and Polly M if he if he maximizes what he's shown on tape then the those people who said he could be a second rounder this year are gonna be right um but my guess is he is probably along with Krivos, um fighting for the the ninth man or what I call the eighth and a half man minutes. Right. Um. I think you know. Again, if he proves he can play two positions, then that's going to help him. Um. But my guess is he's not a bit instant, big time impact guy. Um. And and that's probably a good thing because again, for most of these European guys or international guys in general, uh, it takes a while to get acclimated to playing uh, the American game and the culture and the education system and the social life and the language and. And all of it. It's it's a it's not j- like, um, you know, you're you're you've been playing for the Compton Magic, and you have to move eight hours <laughs> right, 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 eight hours from home, and you know seven of the guys on the team because you played AAU ball with them, right, uh, or against them. Um, you know, the culture shock from you know Van Nuys to to yeah. Tucson, Arizona, is not quite as you know wherever Riga, Lithuania, or wherever he's from, uh, is going to be. I think you're gonna see
0: I think you're gonna see this kind of roster breakdown right now where you got the you're gonna have five international players and you're gonna have seven to eight domestic players. I think that's kind of the template that Lloyd's gonna be going for because again, you looking at the guys you have, you got Polly M. You got uh, Krivis, you got Philly B, you got Conrad Martinez, and you got Henry Vassar. And so those are your five right there. I mean, if you want to count Pella as that, but Pella was also kind of domestic before then. But that's what I think the ratio is going to be. I think it's going to be one or two more Americans and internationals. I think that's kind of where Lloyd's going with this.
1: Well, I think there's a few things you look at. And this is, I'm doing broad generalities. To recruit an American player, you pretty much have to get started somewhere between his eighth grade and sophomore year. Right. Um, And that's summer into, in reality. Um, We're going to be talking about a couple of young guys in in a few minutes who, you know, are one's a freshman to be and one's a sophomore to be. Mm -hmm. Um, You are then going to recruit them for the next three or four years. Right. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of money. Then... If you can land them verbally, then you've got to sweat out the G League. Then you've got to sweat out a last-minute decommit. You get him on campus and everything doesn't go right, then he's going into the transfer court right away. With the international players, while you are scouting them very early, you really aren't – from my understanding, let's say this changed. You don't really start recruiting them until about six months out, eight months out. Because of the connections to the pro team. And what you have to do is then talk to that pro team or whatever the the club team, shall we say. Because we know they're not professionals. Um, and figure out, is he so good he's getting promoted to the, the A-team and going to be paid his $800,000 or go right to the NBA right. draft? Or do we want him to go to America and get some seasoning? And then in general, the... Again, generalities. The European players seem to be more loyal because they've been brought up through a club system. You don't jump club teams in Europe very often like you do AAU teams, like you do right. high schools. I mean, no no offense to Carter Bryant. Great kid. Isn't he on his third high school?
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. Um,
1: and again, some of that's because his dad's a coach and has changed jobs. I don't want to – but. You know, there's a reason it's a a different
0: mentality. It's just a different way about going maneuvering around the landscape. for sure. There's
1: a reason Adama ball stuck it out two years. There's a reason Philly B didn't bolt yet. Right. Um, And some of that is they've kind of been directed by their clubs to, to come and play for Tommy Lloyd. That's where they want him. And Ricardo Foy and and Jack Murphy. So long story short. Yeah. You want all these American players and you're going to, let's say you have seven American players. 3 will probably be transfers, 4 will probably be recruits, and then you're going to have the 5 internationals because you kind of know barring an absolute disaster, they're going to be there two or 3 years.
0: We would take a baby uh, Danilo Gallinari right there because Gallinari because that means that he would be a lottery pick at some point and be in the NBA for 12 years. If he's a, a poor man's uh, Danilo Gall- Gallinari, we will take that Brad Alice. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, now let's talk about something that made me feel a little old and it's probably making Brad feel ancient here. But first, no matter what happens, no matter how peaks how many peaks are added. There will always be Four Peaks in the equation here. It could be Four Peaks plus two, Four Peaks plus one, whatever the case may be. And that's because Four Peaks isn't going anywhere. And that's because Four Peaks is the official brew of PHNX Sports. Check out Four Peaks Brew or Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest on Arizona's homegrown uh, brewery. Must be 21 years or older to drink Four Peaks. Please drink responsibly and tap and bottle. The great William Brad Alice has been to the Tap and Bottle watch parties. Everybody in the Tucson sports scene has heard or seen William Brad Alice before. And you know what? If Brad's going there, that is a sign that you should go there as well. Check it out. Tap and Bottle. Support local. Scott and Rebecca do a great job downtown or on the Northwest location. You might be able to spot Brad Alice. And it's a family spot because Brad's gone there solo. And he's brought the children as well. Check it out right there. All right. Brad. I put this tweet out there yesterday or uh, earlier today, and it made me feel old, but it also made me excited. Jason Gardner and Gilbert Arenas, in my
1: opinion, is
0: the third best backcourt in school history. Is that fair?
1: Who who are we putting ahead of them? Other okay, Bibby Bibby Simon, Bibby Simon and Damon and Khalid. Okay, yeah, yeah, third best, yeah, third
0: best backcourt. Right. Yeah. And you could argue that certainly the most precocious being that they were freshmen that did that. So, and then sophomores, obviously. Yeah. Um uh Elijah Arenas, kid out of California, Gilbert Arenas' uh son has a U of A offer. He averaged about 10,000 points per game at Chatworth, uh Chatsworth uh high school this past year. Jason Gardner's son is in Tucson. Now there are uh, there's speculation about whether it'll be a catfoot or South Point. I heard Catfoot, but Again, don't take that one to the bank right there. It could be either one. Um, I, But I've also heard that he's probably closing in on a U of A offer at some point. First of all, Brad, how old did this make you feel? Second of all, how cool would that be theoretically to have another Gardner-Arenas backcourt?
1: Oddly enough, it doesn't make me feel old. Really? Because when I started covering them, I was only in my mid to late 20s. Got okay. Uh, So I'm less than 10 years older than those guys. So the fact that they have kids who are actually older than mine in a weird way, doesn't bother me nearly as much as guys older than them who have kids already playing, Right. Um, Or even, you know, so for, yeah, for a weird reason, it doesn't make me feel as old because I'm like, Oh, Jason Gardner has, well, Jason has got to be 43, 42. As my uh, guest and see, his here. kids, oh, his kids basically two years older than right. my kids, and I got yeah. a late start. So it doesn't, right. it doesn't freak me out nearly as much as then when I'm like, oh, wait. Jervis
0: Williams being mean to William Brad Alice right here because he's already old. Jervis, that was mean but appropriate. It's Go appropriate ahead there, Brad. I'm an old man.
1: But yeah, there are some guys who I covered in recruiting whose kids are already like in college and in the league, and that makes me feel old. Or the fact that, there's a couple sons of guys I grew up watching who are now coaches. Right. So not only are their dads c- coach, but I'm like, oh, the kid's a coach now. Now I feel old. But yeah, Jason and and Gilbert. But the fact that Gilbert is not perpetually 22 is kind of weird because. You, you would was, always
0: imagine that he would be perpetual. Hey, you went farther than I would have been. I would have said
1: about perpetually about 18. Yeah, I might be giving him too many. But, but, whereas Jason Gardner was always fairly serious and yeah. older acted older right uh, the, um we did for cat tracks the old magazine we did a thing where we went to their house and watched them play video games keep talking i got something and, cool to show you keep talking uh, first of all gilbert had no filter as you would be shocked to hear uh oh yeah we that the one the one we did was the, a batman and robin issue where i actually used my own my i have own that video. one as well Um, But we went and we sat in their bedroom and watched them play NCAA, whatever it was, 90, whatever, 99, maybe 2000. Um, And Gilbert said a lot of things he shouldn't. Uh, Jason got very mad because he lost. And it was uh, a, a perfect representation of what you'd expect from them. Although we had to edit the article to keep Gilbert from burying some teammates. Oh, all
0: right. I, I can certainly I can certainly see that what I do like about what Lloyd is doing here. And by the way, I'll let I'm going to chew on this one for a second, as should you, Brad Alice, who's number four backcourt, Kurt. I, I think there's got to be somebody in there. And again, Kerr's obviously an all time great, but feels- I will tell
1: you mine. Who's your I'm number four? Gardner, Saleem.
0: Oh, yeah. Duh. Duh. Yeah. Gardner and Saleem. Yeah. yeah. Easy. Easy. For sure. No doubt.
1: Yeah. And uh, just because I'm a an avowed Salim fanboy.
0: Well, and let's be honest. Craig McMillan did a lot of great things here. Salim was on a different pedestal, or yeah, uh, also, pedestal. yeah.
1: Kerr McMillan, pretty spectacular. Just you know, right. you're also looking a little bit at NBA pedigree, but uh, yeah, I'll take I'll take Gardner and Salim. But, but if you want to take Kerr and McMillan, I, I'm not going to fight you.
0: All right, now let's talk about uh, uh, Tommy Lloyd offering guys early. Now, I like this strategy right here. I think that. And, again, I'm not going to beat up Tommy Lloyd because, again, like I always say, I'm sitting here with a podcast just talking in my living room while he's the winningest coach in uh, college history through the first two years. That must be said. By the way, KB Thiel says, what about the Dylan smith Nico Mannion backcourt? Doesn't quite make the
1: list. Is it uh, sad that I have fonder memories of Dylan than Nico? No, I, I
0: do, too. I, You know, I didn't hate Dylan the way that a lot of people no. did. I
1: was, you know, he, if, if you he, took Dylan
0: for what he, wor- what he was, he was all right. But what I like, though, is that uh, the Tommy gun is now offering guys early. Now, I do think that when he when he came to Arizona, I think there was a little bit of a strategy that, you know what, we can offer guys whenever we want. We're Arizona. And I think that came back to bite him a little bit. But let's just talk about Elijah Arenas for here for a second here. This is a when you start getting offers from UCLA and schools like that in Southern California um, as a freshman and you're a legacy kid, that's a no-brainer type offer right there because the thing about it, Brad, let's just say that he totally plateaus and pulls an Eric Cooper Jr. or something. You could always slow play and back off of that recruitment right there. It's kind of like if asking out three different different women – and the one that you were hoping, I uh, didn't really want her to, uh, the third one right there, you slow play until the first or the second one offer. That's probably a terrible comparison, but you get my point there, Brad. You,
1: you, you've somehow fallen into my, me loving dating analogies for recruiting, but I want to give you this one. Okay, let's say you offer him, and let's say he commits tomorrow, and let's say he plateaus. Yeah. What is he? Three star? Right. 150th kid in the class? Could still be a could still be a very productive. Can't, can't be your thirteenth. Can't be your thirteenth guy. Right. Because guess what? Until this year, they've never filled all the rock. He so can't be Conrad can't, Martinez. It's like when some people are like I can't. You know, I I don't like. I'm not like you have to recruit every kid in Tucson. But if you throw an offer at a Tucson kid and he takes it and he's the 25th guy in the class, okay. Right. If Jordan, like, I, I use this. Some people are like I don't know about Jordan Morgan. I'm like, okay, let's say Jordan Morgan sucked and he did Jordan Morgan's great. At worst, you bring in the best kid in Tucson, you keep him in town, and he's your 25th kid in the class. Right. Just like every once in a while, they're like, uh, I'd much rather you offer, let's say the kid from modern day they got yesterday, uh, Tuyalamaka, is no good. Right. At the end of the day, you're bringing in a 6'4, 330 pound Polynesian kid from modern day high school as your 25th kid. That's, yes. So at the very least, to use your dating analogy, Uh, The girl with the lazy eye, but the but the but the nice body. So you take her out to dinner, and you have a couple dinners, and then when the hotter chick says yes, it's just okay. Sorry, I lost her number.
0: You know, it just kind of—it just kind of—it is what it is. But with with Gilbert Arenas' kid, and you're seeing this now with a lot of kids in state where they're offering them early. Whether that's a Cameron Holmes, who is probably going to become a no brainer recruit, uh, Duran Holmes' little brother. Um, there's a lot of dudes like this, and the fact that Gardner an offer for Gardner could be right around the table as well. Obviously, they're looking at it. They're saying that we should go ahead and we should offer early and especially because it can't here's the thing that I've always thought too it can only hurt not offering a no-brainer kid early it can't uh um it, it can only hurt not doing it that because kids kids have a memory let's say the great Tyler Alice um is being recruited by schools all over the country for uh, what's Tyler's favorite sport
1: uh, right now it's baseball we'll see if it stays. He goes, all right, to, let's put- he goes to the recru- Jetfish football camp in two weeks. True, 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 true.
0: Let's say he's been recruited by uh, Alabama, LSU, and all these schools for uh, baseball. I, I think they're good. I, LSU, I know, is good, but whatever. Um, and Arizona, for whatever reason, isn't offering them. You might still send him there, but you're also going to remember that why is the hometown school or the one that I have a connection with not offering? That will always be in the back of your head a little bit.
1: And it happened to tell me a few times, uh, yeah. I can tell you that with uh, a certain quarterback from Saguaro who went to Cal. Um, oh, I'm
0: very, yes. Very familiar. Record now, seven I would quarters. say this,
1: uh, you know, some of it, I think is Tommy changed philosophy. Some of it is you have to remember. So Tommy Lloyd kind of gets the Arizona job late. Yeah. Has to come in, revamp the roster, keep the guys home and survey the landscape. And, and sure. He was familiar with the landscape of college basketball recruiting, but there's a big difference between being the head coach and the uh, lead assistant. Right. So the fact that he wasn't offering a bunch of guys, guess who else didn't offer a bunch of guys early the first year? Sean Miller. Right. Eventually, Sean Miller would. He'd start you know, throwing out offers at freshman and sophomore. But he didn't do that right away because you've got to build the initial roster. You've got to get a jump start on – not even a start You're behind schedule because you've got to remember – You're always recruiting. It's not college football where you're still recruiting for that year. You're recruiting a year in advance. So the fact of the matter is he's just getting caught up in many ways. So now he can throw out those wider nets. And I think, yes, it might be a slight change in philosophy. I think it's also just a finally getting your feet under you after what's basically a whirlwind 18 months
0: let's try to alleviate some of the concerns of the great Rich Carrillo right here. Rich is still worried about this team not being tough. And again, I like, I, again, I like what all of Rich's points right there. And By the way, Rich, argue and disagree with me as much as you want. It's nothing personal. Um, but I do think that this year's team coming up is going to be better than last year's team. Strictly because, again, like we just talked about on, tw- or we talked about on Twitter, you got more dogs. You got more guys that I think, people like Rich are looking for that are more physical, that are going to embrace, you know, a little grimier way of play. What say you, Brad?
1: Uh, you've also got a fuller roster. Yeah. Who was your seventh and eighth man last year? It was Vesar and Adama Ball. Vesar right. is probably still your seventh or eighth man, and Adama Ball is no longer in the program. Right. Um, so, again, while I don't know if you're going to find anyone to duplicate Tabellis' numbers, um you may have guys who are more capable of getting those on games where you need them uh, right. where you know because if tabellas disappeared you were in big trouble finding a second score for sure uh or a first and there score.
0: were times when that happened
1: yeah and and sometimes it wasn't his fault either but you've got more options now again less sure things um but you know you know Caleb love has scored points in a championship game and has led his team. I mean, he has two of the biggest victories in North Carolina history that he was the best player of the court for. The two wins over Coach K. How Um, weird is
0: that going to be for Duke fan when Arizona's going into Cameron this coming year and you got Caleb Love as one of your starting players on the perimeter. That's going to be great.
1: uh, I'm trying to think. I guess the comparison would be if Jaime Jaquez was on this year's Duke team (laughs) or next year's Duke team coming to McHale. I mean, isn't that what it basically is? Right, right, is? Yeah, right. and what's funny is how many Carolina fans are all excited to see that game, too. No, I'm uh, just... But, yeah, so there's still a lot of questions, but on paper, it looks really good. But your paper includes hard evidence. Caleb Love and Keshaw Johnson played national title games. Right. Uh, Jaden Bradley was a key player for most of the season for the best team in America. Right. Um, who, again, you could argue – Well, maybe the reason they flamed out, they weren't playing him enough. uh, That's what we're
0: going with here.
1: Alabama did flame out because they gave more minutes to Brandon
0: Miller. And they took minutes away from Jaden Bradley. That's what I'm saying, Brad. We're going to stick with it right now.
1: That's a great narrative uh, for for me as well. You know, plus you can argue if you don't like the way Arizona played at the end of the year. Well, why did Kyle and Boswell play 12 minutes against Princeton?
0: And that's still one too that I always wonder if they know because that was that to me was one of those situations where I think you get caught up in coaching and you kind of forget what what's actually going in front of you because I'll tell you this and again I'm the guy with the podcast he's the guy the winning his coach but I remember sitting there in Sacramento with people next to me saying the same thing why in the world isn't Boswell in there Kirk that was a that was a real that was interesting Brad.
1: I think there's a few things at play there. One is sometimes you do get tunnel vision when you catch. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, and I've, I've been there as an assistant screaming at a head coach in a high school football game, just run trap. It's worked every time. No, we have to keep. Was this during it your heyday at Choya? It was in my heyday at Choya. Yeah. We were g- gashing Nogales with the fullback trap <laughs> and we kept going away from it. Um, excuse me, Douglas, not Nogales. Uh, mm-hmm. Here's the other thing though. But m- part of it is, okay, we assume we are going to pull this game out. I need Kerr Creaser to be confident. If I pull him for Boswell, I lose Kerr for the rest of the tournament. Now, hindsight's twenty and you're like, well, I lost the tournament for everybody. lost well, the tournament. Who cares about uh, the next but game? But that might be it. And, again, we don't know how did Boswell practice that way. But to me, um, the obvious thing, and I didn't know it's because, again, I was watching it on a cell phone at Disney World or Disneyland. Um, but, yeah, when I noticed Boswell wasn't playing late in that game, it was like, yeah, I think that, I think that's a mistake. Because at the All very right. least, if you're going to go down in flames in that game, hey, get Boswell confident that next year he can be that man.
0: All right. Uh, TLN says, when is uh, Paulie poly- uh, poly- M, as we're going to call him um, on this show, when is he going to commit? I would imagine within the next week to 10 days. I don't see it being any more than that. Um, but uh, it, uh, that that will happen sooner than later. Is it the weird way, that
1: because of our lack of pronunciation of Latvian and, and, and Serbian names that basically this is true. the European guys now all sound like characters on the Jersey Shore?
0: Yes, they do. We turned them. In, we turned them all into Italians. We got Philly oh.
1: B. We got
0: Polly oh, M. Yeah. We got uh, uh K. Yeah. Seriously. By the way, speaking of it, speaking of Italian, Mountain Mike's Pizza. Well, that right. was a segue right there. Um brad alice you've been to mountain mike's pizza this is true this is true when was the last time you were at mountain mike's pizza a few weeks ago all right there you go brad is a repeat customer right there and think about it this way when you're brad and you got big time job you got the kids you're married you're looking for a place that's got good food and a reasonable price head over to Mountain mike's pizza or to their mesa chandler or tucson locations to place your next order, reminder, new diehards get a $50 voucher upon signing up. Check it out, Mesa, Chandler, or Tucson locations. And again, like we talked about, I have seen the one in Sacramento right as I was walking down the street. That's how prevalent these things are. And Illegal Pete's. Brad Alice has not been to Illegal Pete's, but he has had Illegal Pete's food. This is correct. This is true. All right. Now, you might say, Mike, what, what can Illegal Pete's do for me? Illegal Pete's can do everything for you. They got great food. It's a great environment. And you can stop either into either their Tucson or Tempe locations for the house beer bucket for you and the whole crew. Five pints for 15 bucks. Soak up the sun with a loaded burrito and crisp beer on the patio. Illegal Pete's your go-to spot for burritos, buddies and beer. All right, Brad, I'm late. I may
1: have to, I may have to get out there, uh, not, not take it home. If I know I can get that beer price.
0: I'm telling you, man. Now, Brad, I'm laying down the gauntlet. I expect this year's team to be better than Tommy uh, than last year's team, and it wouldn't surprise me if this year's team goes further than his first year's team. What say you? Am I just being short-sighted and dumb?
1: No, no. I think I think those are the benchmarks you're you're, you're now with with this program. It's a lot like the loot programs, where if you're not top three in the conference, barring I could because now there's no such thing as these weird roster overhauls. You don't get cut right. short anymore. And if you do, it's your fault because there's always, there's always a mid-major. There's no excuses team. at this stage. Yeah. Um, and I think, bar, again, barring injury, the bare minimum for a program like Arizona is a Sweet 16. Right. Um, I am not one of these people who say a team has to make the Final Four because of what a crapshoot it is. But there are some special teams that should get to the Elite Eight. But this is, to me, a team that if they're – if they finish outside the top three in the conference and they're not in the Sweet 16, it's been a disappointment. Or something really bad happened. Injuries, illness, uh, you know, some kind of weird scandal. But if this roster remains intact, they should be a Sweet 16 team who, if they're not at least still in contention for the league title two weeks out, something's wrong. I am... Um...
0: I'm a bigger Andy Enfield fan than most. Most people uh, on there, and Kobe Thiel, I'm looking in right at you. Most people, a lot of people think Andy Enfield stinks. He doesn't stink. He's done a good job there um, for USC. I would arg- actually argue he could, you could make the case he's the best coach in USC basketball history. William Brad Alice, is this? Uh,
1: I would say of the Brad Alice era, which is about the Lute Olson era, about '60 on, on. Gotcha. '84, uh, '85. He's been the most consistent USC coach. Wins twenty five games each year. Win has, yeah, because you know, look at the great, great Bibby teams or the. Uh, <laughs> right. They always had a dip out. You know, again, different model of college basketball where you couldn't replenish. Right. Um. But you know, they'd go to an elite eight, and then the next year lose everyone to the draft and be fifteen and fourteen. Um, eighth place in the so infield doesn't do that now. Infield has made one good tournament run. Um, mm. he's had a load of NBA talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he has also had a lot of one-and-done talent, which is tough to build around.
0: If I'm USC basketball and you tell me that year in and year out, I'm probably going to finish in the top four in the conference, or actually you're almost assured to, I'm taking it and I'm dealing with what else?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, let's be real Dirty honest. Dancer,
0: that's for you right there.
1: You're USC, you're not UCLA. UCLA and right. Arizona, maybe Oregon now can hold itself to higher standards same thing if i told you asu football you're going to win between seven and nine games every year with the possibility yeah exactly um same thing asu would take andy Enfield's success in a heartbeat in basketball um but that that said you know he's got he's got a low floor but he doesn't have a high ceiling either so right. what you see so, is kind right. of what you're going to get. Jervis Williams
0: says, how many scholarships available? Well, after Paulie M. is in, um, there, we will have a loaded, we will have a full roster, which is a lot different than what we were talking about six weeks ago, Brad Alice.
1: Yeah, they'll have all 13. That doesn't mean moving forward, obviously. Um, I think they've got two or three seniors on the roster. Right. Um, I think Umar's out. I think Caleb Love is likely out. I'm not sure who else. All those
0: guys, you know what's funny? All those dudes can come back, though, because of the COVID year. We could get two more years, theoretically, of the great Umar Ballo.
1: I would take – it would be interesting to see what his legacy would be. at Because that would be four years in Arizona. Four years in Arizona. And I'm curious to see what he does this coming year, if he
0: steadily improves. Again, he made a big jump. From his sophomore to his junior year, you go from five points and three rebounds to fourteen and eight. I don't expect him to put up twenty two and eleven, but it would be nice if he could maybe get sixteen and nine. I don't see that necessarily happening, but it could be really be a tale of
1: uh, further progression, Brett Alice. Well, let's say he improves by a point each year. So he's fifteen this year, he's sixteen next year. Yeah. That's three years between fourteen and sixteen points as a big man at Arizona. You're Not a lot ra- of have done that. You are some rarefied air. Um, you were some rare Ben air Davis there.
0: numbers already. Yeah. yeah. And Ben Davis to me was one of the better bigs I've seen. granted it was only for a year and a half, but senior year Ben Davis, I'll take every day of the week on any roster. Of course. Right. All right. Now let's talk a little bit of Arizona Arizona football here. We got some news right here. Got a couple commits here. We're gonna talk about here in just a second. Um but Elijah Rushing was on campus. Um, I get a lot of people that ask me about Elijah Rushing. Uh, what is Arizona's chances? Arizona's got a real chance here because it, for a variety of reasons. First of all, his brother's on the team. That's always a good thing. Second of all... Um, Jed Fish is actually recruiting him in a manner in which he should be, as in he is making him a priority recruit. This isn't a B. John Robinson, Kevin Sumlin thing where it's like, eh, we can't get him, we're going to try something else. Plus, the product on the field is steadily improved. Uh, Elijah Rushing, he would, be, he would be easily, out of just high school rankings, the highest-rated defensive player to ever sign with Arizona. Not saying he's coming here, but Arizona's got a real shot with this one, Brad.
1: No, they do. He's uh definitely got Arizona among his finalists. Uh by all accounts, the visit over the weekend was really good. Um, he has got a rapport with the staff, obviously the brother on the team and um, you know, I he's not quick to commit. So if his right. brother has a good year this year, and I don't mean good on the field, I mean good experience, that'll yeah. help. You know, they're selling him on a couple of things. One is be a hometown hero. He can and the potential for NIL money, which is the new landscape, as a local kid. Yeah, as you can say, point, can point. Hyping him up right now. Right. Because um, I tell you what, and I don't know where he is seriously looking. I know some of the – but I'm going to use Alabama. He goes to Tuscaloosa, Alabama. He's another guy. Right. Not necessarily not, – he could be great on the field, but the day he shows up on campus, he's one of 30.
0: Nobody's saying,
1: is that a five-star over there? They're all yeah, five stars. They're all five stars. Yeah. Um, they're like, oh wait, Tucson, we had a guy from Tucson who walked on. He was pretty good. Right. That's a great but, point. Maybe that's it. He he let's say he commits tomorrow. He can start doing NIL stuff now. Right. Uh, assuming I don't know what the AIA regulations are, but so A, there's that. B again, in some ways you're betting against yourself, but you come in Arizona and you're in the rotation from day one, right. if not starting. Again, you go to Alabama, you go to Clemson, you go to Georgia. You might be in the rotation, but you're probably looking at a year or two before you're ready to compete. Now, you could argue that all he has to do is be in the three-man, six-man rotation at DN. Yeah, he'll get drafted. And you'll get drafted. Right. That is true. But you have a chance to really showcase yourself quicker at Arizona um, if that is his desire. So, again, I think there's some selling points. There's also some things that are going to be really hard to beat. Yeah, let's talk fat. about
0: let's talk about a, a player that he's got and a couple of the commitments. But first, Brad Alice, are you still having sleeping problems occasionally? All right. OG's is here for Brad Alice, and not only is OG's here for Brad Alice, they can help Brad sleep. They got the Aquaberry Sleep Edition, CBN-THC 2-to-1 ratio to flavor your dreams. Again, compound that specifically helps with rest, relaxation. Find them at your local dispensary at ogsbrands.com. Must be 21 years up to enjoy responsibly. All kinds of stuff right now. Pink lemonade dropping on June 21st. That stuff's going to go like hotcakes right there. Check it out. And octane raceway and mavericks all right brad alice again a man of the people a man of the family a family man might be saying tyler might be saying to him yeah dad i'd like to get out of town and go do some stuff and brad's saying you know i'd like to get out of town too but not out of the state that's where you would go to octane raceway and mavericks you could book some fun this spring at octane raceway and mavericks cart racing virtual reality laser tag axe throwing bowling arcade great food and drinks to uh, tons of different events throughout the summer check out octane raceway.com and Mavericks.com all right Keona Wilhite I'm gonna go on record here right now and this is not a diss towards Elijah rushing at all Elijah rushing school offers speak for themselves for a variety of reasons I'm gonna go on record though and saying that Wilhite will be the best player in this class out of Tucson uh, I've talked with a number of uh, South Point coaches about this and some observers just so you know, he's got an Arizona offer. He's got a Colorado offer of uh, the majority of his career. Um, he was kind of bouncing around from school to some school to school shows up at South point plays the second half of the season. And when I tell you that he is an absolute monster, the way that he is built, that's the way that he is built. He is physically, physically a bigger kid than rushing rushing again. It has the, the lean narrow size. This kid is, this is, this kid's just a beast. Um, and it would be a really nice feather in Jed Fish's cap if he could get both of them, especially coming from South Point. That could be like, at least on paper, getting Bichon and getting Lathan. Not saying they're going to be that, obviously, but it would be a real feather in Jed Fish's cap.
1: Yeah, it's um, he's an interesting player. Again, his lack of consistency at one school has hurt his recruiting. No doubt. Um, but that can all be changed in one summer. You go to three camps and suddenly, you know, you you make a name for yourself. But, yeah, I think getting at least one of these guys is important to, to Arizona because – and it was a different era. I and mean, I know it doesn't seem – but one thing Mike Stoops did well was keep kids locally. Right. Um, he lost out on O'Dowd. He lost out on John Romero, which ended up not being much of a loss. And he kept up every other local kid. He really wanted.
0: He really wanted. Blake Martinez was a bad miss. He found
1: that was a miss, but that wasn't a miss due to lack of recruiting. That was a, a miss evaluation. Right. Um, there are a couple other miss of, but that's obviously the big one, but for the guys they wanted, they kept yeah. home. Um, and that goes from, you know, obviously Brooks Reed through Kadeem Carey and, and then, uh-huh. you know, Adam Hall and Xavier, and uh, Xavier Smith, even. Xavier Smith. And there were some guys that got big time offers. So people were mm-hmm. like, well, what about Jamal Womble? He didn't get him. They didn't offer Jamal Womble because they knew they'd get him and liked other right. guys better. Uh, some of the, uh, who was, there was another. Where did he end up? Ian, North Carolina? Ian, North Carolina. Ian Brinker, who was another one of the big guys at South Point. Mm-hmm. They didn't offer. He went to Oregon State because they knew they'd get him. Um, but when they liked the guy, and, and again, not all of them panned out. Daniel Borg did not pan out. Um, although I think Borg actually committed to, uh, if I'm not mistaken, now McIverick. I, ble- I, um,
0: I believe he was. Because that was I- the
1: run-in. But, you know, you look down the list. Not everyone made it, but the guys who made it were really good.
0: Right. Now, let's look at these recruits right here because this goes right into what we're talking about right here. First, you mentioned before Kaho Tuihalamaka. First of all, you might say, Mike, who is this guy? Thanks for asking. He's six foot four, 340 pounds out of modern day. Now, you look at his rankings, he's a three star kid. He doesn't have the highest, uh, he's not the highest rated guy in the world, but he's got an offer from Oklahoma State. He is from modern day. Again, stop me if I've already said that. And he is massive. This; These are the guy, kind of guys, if you're going to miss, you miss big and you miss with the potential that other schools have seen as well.
1: Yeah, again, you can't create six four three thirty in the lab. You can't. And again, I've seen a little bit of him. Like he he's to solidify. Um, might want to trim down to about 320, get strong. But it's a lot easier in many cases to get these guys into shape than it is to bulk them up successfully. Right. Um, again, at worst, the kid already has college size. He has size that you could flop them on the line. He goes to one of the best programs in Southern California. He's, you know, entrenched in that Polynesian community. If you're going to miss, this is a good way to miss, as opposed to a 5'8 receiver from uh, some –
0: From CDO. From
1: from Basha. You know, and again, (laughs) that that kid ended up being really good. But, um, you know, there's not that pipeline. (laughs) There's a bigger pipeline traditionally to the NFL from modern day than there is from South Mountain.
0: Well, well, let's look at uh, – back in the day, South Mountain used to be a spot where you could get a lot of guys, not so much anymore.
1: Yeah, back in the day, Amphi cranked out uh, true. NFL player true. after NFL player. I'm dating myself but, right here. But then Tucson got more than 12 high schools.
0: <laughs> true, that's true. Now, another guy, Brad, Sefo Aquila. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Kid out of Hayward, California, another example. Now, he's rated as the 80th best prospect in California – but you look at his offers right there. You got Arizona, you got BYU, you got Wazoo, and he's six foot three, 220 pounds. He is a big dude. These are the kind of guys that, again, you're going to miss with. You miss on this. You don't miss with people that look like me, Brad.
1: No, you don't want linemen who weigh. weigh- five pounds more than me and I, you know, that's still a big lineman in some cases, but (laughs) no, you, you don't want, uh, yeah, you want size and that's what you need. And if you can add size, that's what you miss. Again, I said it before, I'll say it again. You can never have too many linemen. You can never have too many arms in baseball and you can never have too many bigs in basketball.
0: Right. And you can never have too many peaks in basketball. Agreed. Agreed. (laughs) <laughs> All right,
1: Brad, before we sign off, where can they find you? Uh, WSR Brad on Twitter should have a, a podcast or two going up this week. Again, all-star baseball may prevent that. Um, all-star baseball, come on. All right, so how's how's he doing, man? He's obviously doing well if you're doing all-star baseball. Well, basically his entire team went up. Uh, he finished the season hitting in the high just under 300 uh, after a slow start. Uh, his last start at, on the Mennon, pitched pitched uh, two starts, but he he got the win, gave up only one earned run in, in five innings. And um, they're going to need him in the uh, 50-70 All-Star Tournament because due to blind draw, we got the five seed out of five teams. So we have to play an extra game despite the fact that his team went 13-1 and during the regular season.
0: Well, you know what? It's If anybody can handle it, it's the Alice family. Brad, you're the man. We will talk with you again next Tuesday. Sounds good. All right, everybody out there, as always, appreciate all of the chiming in. You are the ones that make this show. Be back with you tomorrow. we got Tyler Owens, head strength and conditioning coach for U of A football coming on at 10 a.m. Be back with us. You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.